Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Senator John Kennedy, great state of Louisiana, great guy, great senator, uh, really represents his state well, um, made a comment about whether we want to kind of admit it or not, there is a war going on with us and Russia. Here's what he said. This is a war. And in a war, when you have your enemy down... You have to choke him to death. Mm. I'm sorry, but that's what wars are about. But we need to win this war. We need to win it militarily. We need, need to win it economically. I don't think we have to do something foolish to achieve either of those ends. But we need to do what's best for the world, the American people, and for the people of Ukraine. Mm. And allowing uh, Putin to just continue to get away with doing whatever he wants to do without calling his hand is not going to help us win the war on either front. I'm, that- I'm going to say it again. I know this stuff makes the president nervous, yeah. but, um, you know, he, he just needs to stop thinking about his wishbone and and grow a backbone. Senator- All right. Senator John Kennedy joins us now from the great state of Louisiana. Sir, great to have you on the on the program as always. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. You know, two things I take out of what you just said here makes absolutely no sense. The administration's position, um, well, we can provide um, javelins and stingers, and finally they're allowing anti-aircraft defense systems and anti-missile defense systems. Uh, Now, javelins and stingers can be used offensively. Their argument is that, well, if Joe Biden didn't veto the MiGs from Poland that they offered, uh, those, those would be offensive weapons. You can use a javelin offensively. You can use a stinger missile offensively. Uh, you don't have to be under attack. You can have an insurgency attack using those weapons. So the logic doesn't hold up, does it? No, it doesn't. And I've, I've watched the president, as we all have, carefully. It's almost as if President Biden is afraid that Ukraine might win. I mean, the president's been president for 14 months. Um, after 14 months, uh, nothing is built. Nothing is is back. And... And nothing's better. And and I think a perfect example is his response to the Russian invasion. The president has said all the right things. I will give him that. And he's done an okay job of holding our allies together. But we can't win this war. And we, we, we are in a war with Russia, uh, either military or militarily or, or economically, unless we are bold. Now, President Zelensky is the new leader of the free world. That's clear. Uh, he's an icon. Um, he's an icon of guts and liberty. He has asked for surface-to-air missiles, and he's asked for planes, not American planes, not American troops, not American missiles, from our allies who have them and want to share them. And I don't understand why President Biden will, will not give the okay. I mean, his response is always, I'll get back to you in, in three to five business days. He, the President Biden didn't want to stop buying Russian oil. The Congress had to guilt him into that. Um, he, he did, to his credit, he did ship, not surface-to-air missiles, but he shipped some additional arms yesterday, I think, to Ukraine. Uh, but we, Ukraine was asking for those, Sean, three, three uh, weeks ago. I mean, why weren't they already there? The war's been going on for three weeks. And, and, and I know, I'm not saying President Biden doesn't want what's best for the world in America. I'm not saying that at all. But... Sometimes I think it's as if he's afraid Ukraine might win this thing. 
Ukraine, Ukraine is holding its own on the ground. They're getting killed in the air. We need to help them in the air. You know, it makes so much sense, but I want to hone in on the key word that you keep using. He's afraid, fearful, all of which seems to be true. And oh, well, we can't get into a shooting war with uh, Vladimir Putin. This is going to be World War Three. It seems like any time Vladimir drops a hint that he might go nuclear or a hint that, you know, this could escalate. It seems like, you know, Joe kind of bubbles and fizzes like Alka-Seltzer in water and just, you know, fearfully retreats to, no, we, 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 we can't do any more. We're going to make him mad. Sort of like when the press says, uh, Mr. President, can I ask you a question? His answer often is, uh, I'd love to answer, but I get in trouble when I get, when by my staff, they yell at me and everything. And I'm like, okay, you're the freaking president of the United States. How about you tell your staff what you're going to do and tell them to shut up? Well, there's a lot to what you say, Sean. I mean, if you look at this, step back and look at it. It's almost as if President Biden and the people around him think they're engaged in the sport of Olympic fencing or something. But Putin's not. Putin's a, a street fighter. He's a thug. He's, he, he knows he's in a night fight. Now, I, I don't want to start World War III. Nobody wants to start World War III. I'm not suggesting... We send send in troops or or, or uh, American planes or or American missiles. I'm not I'm not suggesting that, but there are things we can do to help Ukraine. And yes, it's, it's a realistic possibility. Help Ukraine win this war. There, there's more we could do economically. We by, the, do- by the way, what, what, let me interrupt on this one front, Senator. And I, and I don't want to take your time, but you said economically. No you, you're right. He was shamed into stopping the importation of Russian oil. Um, you know, people are saying, well, the Keystone XL pipeline wouldn't lower energy prices. Well, if he didn't give up energy independence and he would have finished the Keystone XL pipeline, according to the premier in Alberta, We'd be getting 900,000 barrels of oil through that pipeline into the U.S., Canadian oil, every single solitary day. And it, it would often go to states like your state or Texas for to be refined, and, and we would be paying a lot less for gasoline, although people are trying to lie and make the, the case the other way. But anyway, I digress. You go ahead, sir. No, you, you make good points. I mean, look, President Biden's sanctions have hurt Russia. But they haven't put Russia on its knees. I mean, Russian inflation right now is less than American inflation. Uh, the ruble is devalued, but only by about 20%. You're not going to beat Putin economically unless you cut off his cash flow. And you can't cut off his cash flow un- unless you stop buying his oil and gas. And our European friends have gotten themselves in a position where they have to. And when we say, look, would you stop buying their oil and gas, they say, hey, we got to have oil and gas where we're going to get it. Well, the obvious answer is the United States of America. There's just one problem. The, the, the president's energy policy. He has bowed to the wokers, the woker darlings in his party. The president's energy <laughs> policy. Is, wait a minute. You is, call them the woker darlings? Well, oh. They are. I, mean, they the <laughs> I know party. they are, but I mean, the way you put it is hilarious. That, that, well, you, 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 you um, you can, I, I can tell you how you can identify the Walker Darks. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They hate George Washington. They hate Dr. Zeus, and they hate Mr. Potato Head. They're easy to recognize. <laughs> and, and, and they hate and you, and they hate me. Add that to the list. And they hate both of us. Um, <laughs> the, a man can't be too careful in the choice of his enemy. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm proud of it. 
Me, so am I. Which Biden has adopted is wind, solar, and pixie dust. They hate fossil fuels. And until President Biden gets his boot off the throat of the oil and gas industry, adopts an all-of-the-above energy policy, which does include wind and solar, but also includes nuclear and oil and gas, and allows the, the American producer to do its thing so we can sell the excess to our friends in Europe, then you're not going to put Putin on his knees economically. And everybody knows that. You see, this is the big mistake, though. Joe Biden inherited Donald Trump's energy independence. When he became president, we were a net exporter of energy as a country. And Joe capitulating to the wokers, as you call them. uh, But when he capitulated to the climate alarmist, you know, they're called woker darlings. Woker darlings, you know, but when he when he capitulated to the woker darlings, um, he then artificially reduced the supply of energy in the world, supply and demand crisscross, and and that dictates the price. But he did something even more sinister than that: is as a net exporter, we could now be helping our Western European and NATO allies with their energy needs. And Joe Biden basically pushed our allies right into the arms of Vladimir Putin, the very thing that Donald Trump warned about when he was scolding the head of NATO in 2018 in a beatdown that I've been playing on TV and and on this radio program. You pretty much nailed it. I mean, we uh, when President Biden took over, America was energy independent. President Biden said we're going to give up our energy independence, and here's our new policy. We're going to, uh, instead of producing our own, we're going to buy oil from foreign countries that hate us. So those foreign countries, like Venezuela, like Saudi Arabia, will have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us and include Russia in that number. We'd still be buying Russian oil unless the United States Congress had forced the president's hand. Had he not said we're going to stop buying oil from from Putin, we would have passed a bill, voted voted for by Democrats, well, some Democrats and all Republicans, that, and then said, okay, Mr. President, veto it if you, if you think you have the guts. So he saw it coming, and he got ahead of the parade. Now, it doesn't give me joy to have to say that, Sean, but the president is leading from behind, okay? And as I said the other day, I, I don't like the, the circumstances we find ourselves in. The president is, is nervous about it, but he's got to get rid of his wishbone and, uh, and grow a backbone. We can win this thing. All right, quick break, right back, and then your calls at the bottom of the half hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, more with Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana on the other side as we continue. All right, we continue with Louisiana Senator John Kennedy is with us. Your call's coming up, 800-941-SEAN at the bottom of the half hour. Senator, did you ever think in our lifetime that we have the number one state sponsor of terror, Iran, and Russia, in the middle of all of this, is brokering a deal between the U.S. and Iran no, in part that we could import oil from Iran or kiss the ass and send an emissary on behalf of Joe Biden to Venezuela to talk to that murdering, dictating thug Maduro. Uh, yesterday in the House of Representatives, Democrats blocked an energy independence bill. How unconscionable is that, knowing how how important that uh energy independence is to our national security. It would also make a big dent 
in the 40-year high of inflation we have that I argue Joe Biden caused that, too. Well, I think they're going to, President Biden's going to announce a deal next week. I think he's, he's reached an agreement with Russia, who is brokering the deal, and Iran. And I think it's going to be uh, the new uh, agreement's going to be worse than the first agreement. Uh, there's certainly the appearance that the president has given in just in order to get Iranian oil because he won't let American producers produce their own. And I, I don't want to prejudge it. I haven't seen the deal, but I've heard about it. And I and I think it's uh, I think it's unconscionable. Well, I don't think and he's going to go to go through Congress America. either. Um, you know, the idea. What my understanding is, and it's getting worse almost by the day. My understanding is it would result in tens of billions of dollars of sanctioned money being held back from the Iranian mullahs. That that will be handed over, uh, according to other sources. Um, it would remove Iran's revolutionary guard from the terror list. Uh, we'd also then be importing oil from the number one state sponsor of terror, making them rich so they can fight their proxy yep. wars and commit acts of terror. Uh, so, you know, Jen Psaki's answers was still a negotiation. There's another report that the agreement would allow Russia to cash in on a $10 billion contract building nuclear sites for the Iranians. You know, you can't make this Adam Schiff up, if you don't mind my saying, uh, Senator Kennedy. <laughs> I think you're right, Sean. I hope you're wrong, but I think you're right. That's what I'm hearing, too. And well, I mean, I, I don't I, I, how, how is it possible? Because we're now dealing with if you're a, if you're hostile to the United States, you get Joe Biden's deals. How come our allies look even little Justin, I'd take Canadian oil over Venezuelan or Iranian oil or OPEC oil any day. I would too. And it is a mystery to me why President Biden persists in giving billions of dollars to countries that hate us. Those countries ought to be able to hate us for free. Uh, but but that's why the American people, I think, are looking at all this nonsense. And they're saying to themselves, you know what? Republicans aren't perfect, but the other side's crazy. Senator, uh, we love you, the job that you do. Um, I can tell you my television audience loves you, and so does my radio audience. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Now, now, what do we call them again, the Wokers? The Woker Darlings. Woker Darlings. Woker I'm writing it down. Whatever <laughs> you prefer. All right, Senator Kennedy, by the way, he's running for re-election this year in the great state of Louisiana. We need you back there, Senator, so all our friends in Thanks, Louisiana, man. I know we'll be getting out to John vote for you. JohnKennedy.com. You can go read about, my, about me there. The real JohnKennedy.com. Okay, got it. Thank Thanks, you, Senator. Appreciate it. 800 sean our number. You know, with each uh, mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is delivering on their promise and their mission statement to do good and never forget uh, all the sacrifices that America's greatest heroes have made for us. Uh, these sacrifices, you know what? They pay the ultimate price. They come back with debilitating injuries. Their lives totally change for the worse. Uh, the families that lose loved ones, it's, it's brutal on them. And they've done everything that we could ever ask of them. And we're talking about gold star, fallen first responder families with young kids, uh, our nation's most catastrophically injured first responders, vets, our homeless service members, they all need your help, and that's where the Tunnel to Towers Foundation comes in. Now, some families, uh, for some of them, the foundation gives them the comfort of knowing they can stay in the home where oh, they made memories with their fallen loved ones. For other families, 
The foundation enables new memories to be cherished forever in a, in a new place. All of this is possible only because of your generosity, only because of your support. And the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is asking all of us to commit $11 a month. And if we all do it, it'll happen. And we'll take care of every deserving first responder and military family that needs our help. Just go to their website. It's the letter T, the number two, the letter T dot org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T dot org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Sean's got more behind-the-scenes information, more contacts than anybody, more friends behind the curtain. Sean Hannity is on. 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN. Before we do, I contend if you look at the policies, especially economic policies, energy policies of the Biden administration, and they're them clinging to the their new cult religion of of climate alarmism and new green deal radical socialism that has little to nothing to do with with the environment and has everything to do with you know redistribute re, redistribution of wealth etc I, I mean it's pretty unbelievable if we didn't put if vladimir putin didn't have joe biden giving up energy independence and didn't give up us being a net exporter of energy and pushing our allies into the arms of Putin financially. Because even to this day, even though we're not importing oil because Joe got shamed out of doing it, um, our Western European and NATO allies are. And every day Vladimir Putin is getting rich as hell because of the dependency that was created because they didn't listen to Trump in 2017, 18 and 19 uh, when he warned that that Putin would eventually blackmail them and empower him and embolden him. It all turned out to be true. Um, nobody seems to want to put the blame where it belongs. It's like we're the only ones that have figured this out, and it's not that complicated. And now we have compromised our own national security. You know, now we're talking to Venezuela, begging OPEC, and trying to make a sick deal brokered by the Russians with Iran. You can't be any dumber than Joe Biden on this. And but according to Nancy Pelosi, Joe has done a, a masterful job handling Ukraine. Let me back up for a second and just say President Biden has done a masterful job in managing this situation in a way that is collaborative, not condescending or dictating, but collaborative. The unity of the of, of the um, G, the not only the G7, but the NATO alliance has been remarkable to behold. They are all unified with the how we go forward, and how they are unified on how we go forward is that we are not going in to Ukraine. It is not an Article 5 situation. 
Oh, maybe she could educate our vice president that clearly doesn't know because she made the same uh, misstatement twice that this was about the NATO alliance. Ukraine is not a part of NATO. Um, if you look at approval ratings, let's see, Vladimir Putin has an 89 percent disapproval rating, a 1.7 percent approval rating, according to our friend Robert Kahaley at Trafalgar. Zelensky, on the other hand, has a 78.2% approval rating, 5.8% disapproval rating. Uh, who's a better leader, Joe Biden or President Zelensky? 54% say Zelensky, 17% say Joe Biden. Uh, and we go on from there. I mean, the, uh, I don't think you can screw this up any more than Joe has screwed this up. Uh, let's say... Hello to Courtney's in the great state of Alabama. What's going on, Courtney's? How sweet home, Alabama? We're doing good down here, minus these gas prices. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's killing. Well, welcome to New York City because we've been paying those prices for a long time, and now we're even paying a lot more. It's getting crazy out there. Well, my question I have for you today is um, I've got kind of a two-part question, one being um, this $80 million uh, bill that Biden just signed to send more money to Ukraine. We've spent, I think, or we've sent, I think this week alone, over a billion dollars to them. No telling what we've sent since this war started. One, where is that money coming from when we're already in trillions? Well, trillions let me let me give you the number so we know what we're talking about. So, thirteen billion was the total, but then originally it was only okay. two hundred million for military aid. That got up to a billion yesterday. So, one billion out of the thirteen billion only goes towards the military aid. And while humanitarian aid is nice, um, what Zelensky needs right now is everything we've talked about, javelin stingers, anti-aircraft, anti-missile defense systems, more drones, and yeah, Joe should not have vetoed the fighter jets that Poland was going to give Ukraine. But at what point do we stop? Because what kind of worries me is at what point is Putin going to look at the United States and say, hey, you guys continue and continue to get involved, even though we don't have boots on the ground yet, we're still financially back for, for Ukraine. And at what do you want, point do you want, do you want to know what my answer is? Say stop. Uh, Courtney, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. And th this is the problem with Joe Biden and the Democrats is that they're they're wondering uh, are we, uh, we going to get Vladimir mad and everything if we if we were already given javelins and stingers and he's mad at us for that and and now there's anti-aircraft and anti-missile defense systems and drones out there and if we give him MIGs he's he's probably going to get really really mad at us uh I don't give a damn what Vladimir Putin thinks he's the guy that should worry about what we're going to do it, sh it shouldn't be the opposite that and but if you really Thing, but to say to that, we don't really have a strong president right now. No, so we don't. That's a problem. Really that, that and he's going to get away with whatever he can get away with because he knows no one's going to stop him. Listen, I think one of the reasons Joe is doing anything at all is because the public is demanding it. And, and the public is very adamant also. Look, in the last 60 years, we've learned a lot. We've learned what works. We've learned what doesn't work. We've learned that protracted wars, gung-ho politicians that I can't stand, that lie to us all the time, they're all excited, we're going to go to war, and, the, and they beat the war drums, and they don't fight wars to win wars, uh, and then they politicize the war, and then after X thousands of Americans are dead, and X thousands of Americans coming back without limbs, 
uh, and and worse even, uh, they they say things like, uh, never mind, and then they pull out like they did in Afghanistan. We can't fight that war anymore. But But I do believe as the beacon of light for the world, for the cause of freedom, it is in the world's best interest. Reagan showed us the way. Trump showed us the way. Reagan showed us by arming the Mujahideen, and they were fighting against the former Soviet Union. They were a nuclear power then. Uh, Reagan helped the freedom-fighting uh, Contras and and battling back against the Sandinistas. We saw that Donald Trump just just bombed the living hell out of the caliphate that was created under Obama and Biden. Uh, we saw him take out Soleimani, you know, the number one the world's worst terrorist, fomenter of terror in the world. Uh, we saw him take out Baghdadi and associates, and we saw him take out the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. He just acted, and when he acted, he acted with ferocious, uh, a ferocious amount of force to win, and there were no consequences. The world should fear us. I don't fear Vladimir Putin. Is he capable of the worst? History shows us, yes, Evil on a mass scale can take place in the world, but that that cannot govern how we act defensively. Does that make sense? It does. It does. My thing that that I think about, though, is I don't know if the world fears us anymore. When we've had the last two years of COVID and all of the things that we've done internally to hurt one another, segregate, separate each other, um, terror burn cities down. You've got the border crisis that is still not being taken care of. Opioid, op- opioid crisis, still an issue that nobody talks about a lot anymore. I mean, how can you fear a country that has so many internal problems, but yet we want to constantly try to externally fix the world? Listen, you, you make a good point, but America first should be America first. And we have to, you know, there are people that are making arguments to me. Why are we spending all this money? Because it's ultimately probably in our best national security interest to do so. And people might ask why. Well, if if Putin was able to easily take Ukraine and it's not been as easy as he thought, what's going to prevent him from going after NATO countries? You know, then what is America no, going to do? And I get that 100 percent. But to me, the bigger issue that we have had even well before this war started with Ukraine and Russia is our own open borders. We're allowing terrorists to come in left and right and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody cared about our border until all of a sudden, oh, Ukraine's border. We got to help Ukraine. Listen, I I want you. You're you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) You're not getting any disagreement from me here. Um, I, I, I cannot say it any more strongly than you're saying it. It is total, complete hypocrisy. You know, we've now have a political party that is lawless and and they only enforce the laws that they agree with. And there's a double standard in our justice system. If you're a jaywalking Republican, you get 10 years in jail. You spit on the sidewalk as a Republican, you spend 20 years in jail. If you're a corrupt Democrat like Hunter Biden um, and you're making millions from enemy countries without any experience uh, that's called pay to play to influence the vice president father. Uh, nothing happens to you. That that's a sad state of affairs, right? It it really is. It's it's mind boggling to see how 
many things they don't care about that sh- they should care about and spend money where we need to spend the money, but yet we make up these stupid le- uh, left-wing things um, to send people to prison for that don't deserve to go to prison or, um, I don't know, we focus our time and our money on making the planet a better place and saving if, the planet. Well, let me make it very simple for you. Courtney, if you're saying we're being a stupid country, I agree. Do I think that these leaders, look, Joe Biden is weak, frail, and a cognitive mess. Uh, When I listen to Kamala Harris, I cringe. She is clearly not up to the job of being a vice president. Nancy Pelosi, third in line for the presidency, uh, she has her own cognitive issues. This is a very weakened country at this moment, and the world's bad actors are taking full advantage of it. But I got to run. I got to get other calls in. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being with us. You're you're not wrong. All right, quick break. Right back. We'll get to more of your calls. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Newt Gingrich at the top of the hour. We'll get his take on the happenings, Putin's invasion of Ukraine, the economy, oil, energy, and much more as we continue. over 675 stations across this great nation. We'll do the media's job and we'll give you information you're not going to get anywhere else. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Let's say hi to Charles. He's in North Carolina today. Charles, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, Sean, how are you? And thank you for taking my call. It's an honor to, uh, to speak with you. Hey, the honor's all mine. Glad you called. Yeah. Well, hey, Sean, uh, I just kind of want to echo uh, what the previous caller was talking about. And also just to say that I think the number one, the number one priority right now uh, for the Republican Party is to get rid of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And we have to win the 2022 election. And a few months ago, I would have said that's a shoe-in. And by looking at the record of Joe Biden and what he's uh, what he's produced, because everything we're seeing is a result of November 3rd, 2020. But everything that we're experiencing right now is all his fault. But I'm afraid, and what concerns me, Sean, is that the Republican Party is going to get distracted in this war with Ukraine. And we're going to let the Democrats control the narrative. When, in fact, we need to be controlling the narrative about look uh, at what the Democrats are doing now. They're trying to blame the five months of record high, 40 year high inflation on Vladimir Putin. They're trying to blame high gas prices on Vladimir Putin. Now, we both know that we had high gas prices before Putin invaded Ukraine. And we both know that we had a 40 year high of inflation way before Putin ever invaded Ukraine. And they're going to lie and they're going to smear, slander, besmirch Republicans. But if you look at COVID, if you look at energy, if you look at the economy, if you look at the border disaster, if you look at the Afghanistan disaster and you look at Joe timid, weak and afraid as it relates to Ukraine, uh, there's a reason his approval ratings are in the 30s. And I don't see him changing course on any of these issues. Every one of them were preventable and everyone's fixable. But he's not going to change his policies because that that is the modern democratic socialist party. Last word. Yeah, and and they've and they've been doing that for two years. And Sean, what concerns me is that so many people in the Republican Party, like the Lindsey Graham's and Mitt Romney's, 
they keep throwing this guy a lifeline and enabling him by going along with this reckless spending that's more inflationary and not focusing on the critical things that are important to the American people, like the southern border, like energy independence, like lower inflation. And a lot of these people, as you know, have contributed to this to this problem. And uh, I just think that our focus needs to be to elect Republicans to Congress in 2022. The right. I'm, I'm going to make it even more. I'm going to I'm going to hone in deeper. Elect okay. America first. Save America. Make America great again. Conservatives. Exactly. That's the answer. And the first thing, yep. the first course of business is to instill. Make sure your state legislatures adopt integrity measures at the ballot box. But I got to roll. Uh, Good call. Uh, Thank you, Charles.